It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Christmas Eve, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, and this is Locked on Mizzou, your destination for partisan Missouri Tigers football and basketball talk five days a week. And you know what? I'm giving away a gold Mizzou mini helmet to one of you lucky, loyal listeners this holiday season. All you have to do is just submit a review of this show on Apple Podcasts or on Facebook or Google if you prefer. Take a screenshot of that review and send it to me at LockedOnMizzou at gmail.com or anywhere on social media at LockedOnMizzou. And today we've got much to discuss on the show, including a possible Jayhawk interloper in the Mizzou football program. Oh no, panic. But also, you know what, I might even weigh in on the hand signal controversy a little bit, including something I think that could actually benefit Mizzou. Also, some huge news involving CBS and its relationship with the SEC. Huge, absolutely monstrous numbers being thrown around in terms of money. But first, you know what? Speaking of huge money and television, I have some thoughts on the college football playoff. And I'll be perfectly honest with all of you for years now I've been an advocate of the eight-team playoff way before there even was a college football playoff I was a fan of having eight teams be in it it just seemed to me that well if you've got eight again this is how I felt at the time I thought that if you have eight well there's going to be nobody left out like say Auburn back in I believe 2003 when Jason Campbell was their quarterback they go undefeated and yet they have no shot to win the national championship. And obviously there have been other years where you've got a one-loss USC that ends up as the AP national champion despite not playing in that BCS national championship game. So for those rather simple reasons, I was always an advocate of the A-team playoff. And I just, for whatever reason, I thought four, ah, that may not be enough. And as we've seen here, well, we've got four and now... It seems like there's more and more movement going toward eight. So if the momentum is moving toward eight, that's got to make me happy, right? Well, it turns out maybe not so much because honestly, as the years go along here with this college football playoff, I'm starting to realize that I may have made a huge mistake in advocating for this thing. Now, much has been made about how the college football playoff has really de-emphasized all the other bowl games. And you know what? I think that's totally legitimate. I'll just speak from my own personal taste. Back in the day when ESPN would fire up that Andy Williams parody of it's the most wonderful time of the year and they would tell us about risky flea flickings and all that stuff and that silly parody song, I got fired up for all the bowl games, basically. Now, I'm not saying I watched every second of them, but I was flipping them on almost all the time, but this year with Missouri out of the bowl picture, I didn't know anything about the bowls. It's all completely lost any meaning to me whatsoever. But you know what? Beyond that, 
beyond that very valid point that people make about how the playoff has undercut those games, how about let's look at it even further? Let's look at it, hey, this is a Mizzou show, right? Well, let's look at it from a Mizzou perspective. Is the eight-team playoff a better thing for the Missouri Tigers? Well, I think one way we can we can fi- figure that out is let's reverse engineer it, right? Let's go back. Let's go back to Missouri's best seasons of arguably the last 50 years, but certainly of this millennium, the last 20 years. Let's go back to 2007 and 2013. If there was an eight-game playoff, if there were an eight-game playoff during those two seasons, well, there wasn't even a four-team playoff, by the way, then. It was just the BCS. Well, what, what would that have looked like for Missouri? Well, we all know what happened in reality. In reality, Missouri was in the de facto Final Four of football in those two seasons. In 07, in 2013, Missouri would it have won either of those conference championship games. Clearly, it would have played in the BCS National Championship game. So that's a de facto Final Four right there. Well, of course, as we all know, Missouri did not win either one of those games. So, in that light, if there would have been an eight-team playoff, what would have happened? Well, what we're hearing now, something to keep in mind, is we're seeing lots of people that are pushing for that eighth spot to go to a group of five team, or whatever the, whatever the phrase is, a non-power five team. Essentially, they want to get your UCFs, and your Memphis is the world, they need to have a chance. Well, really, it's all about UCF. That's what people have been upset about, well, at least a year ago when UCF won all their games and had no shot at the championship. Well, that's legitimate, but unfortunately, I think I like—I would have liked to have seen UCF get in a hypothetical eight-team playoff, but to me, guaranteeing a spot to one of those non-Power 5 teams is actually a really bad idea, and we're going to see... I'll show you why. Think about 2007. Just go back. You can go back, find on sportsreference.com. You can find where Missouri was ranked at every step of the season. You can find the whole AP poll. Well, after Missouri lost to Oklahoma in 2007, again, that was a de facto Final Four game. Well, they fell down from number one in the AP poll all the way down to number seven. So there was a lot of moving parts in that that week, that, uh, that season, for sure. So Missouri falls to number seven. Guess who's number eight? The Kansas Jayhawks. Well, again, Missouri's sitting there at 11-2, and two, having just beaten Kansas. Well, Kansas 11-1. and one. So they have one less loss. Not hard to imagine a world in which, well, Kansas was selected ahead of Missouri for the Orange Bowl. So it's not hard to imagine a world in which Kansas gets a spot, maybe that's seven seed over Missouri. Okay, so you might say, well, Missouri gets the eight seed. Well, not so fast. Again, the whole non-Power 5 team. Well, that year, Hawaii was 12-0, and led by Colt Brennan, at quarterback. And, well, it's, again, not hard to imagine that Hawaii gets that eight seed if they're the non-Power 5 squad. So Missouri losing twice to Oklahoma, not hard to imagine a world in which they're left out of that eight-team college football playoff. So obviously, Missouri had a better chance to win the national championship that season 
under the BCS rules. Well, what about 2013, you're probably asking? Well, you're going to find, actually, a fairly similar result. Well, again, Missouri loses, unfortunately, in the de facto Final Four of 2013, which was the SEC championship game. And Missouri tumbles down to number nine in the AP poll. South Carolina ahead of them at 10-2, and two, Missouri 11-2. and two. Hey, South Carolina did beat Missouri head-to-head, so that's not illegitimate at all. Certainly, Auburn and Alabama were 2-3. and three. They were certainly going to make any sort of hypothetical BCS 18 playoff. Not BCS, just an 18 playoff. So again, Missouri could very well, despite you know, winning its bowl game as the 2007 team did. You know, Missouri finishes in the final poll at number five in 13 and at number four in 2007. But again, we don't have the benefit of those bowl results to select this playoff. So again, we're looking at another scenario where Missouri goes from in 2013 needing to win one game to get into the college football national championship versus now they basically had to win that game to get into the eight-team playoff. I mean, that's just, now you're looking at, okay, now Missouri would have had to play Florida State in the first round, then play the winner of Michigan State and Stanford, then probably beat either Auburn or Alabama in the championship game. That just all seems very unrealistic to me. You know, again, did Missouri have a better shot in the BCS system or did it have a better shot in the playoff system? It's obvious to me that it was the BCS system. So again, that's something to keep in mind when we're all advocating for this stuff. We seem to think that, oh, well, gee, this will give the little guy a better shot. Well, I got news for you. In college football, Missouri is the little guy. Forget about UCF and Memphis. Those teams never have a prayer anyway. They shouldn't even be in this division, to be really honest with you. No, Missouri, we're the underdogs. Give us a chance. And honestly, this the further you expand the playoff, the more the Blue Bloods are going to take those titles. It's just going to happen. And frankly, they're going to take it most of the time in the BCS system anyway. But to any of you thinking that the eight-team playoff is some sort of panacea that's going to open things up for the little guy, it doesn't seem to me that that's the case looking back on Missouri's two greatest seasons of the last 20 years or so. So with all that said, let's get to CBS and its relationship with the SEC, all that big money going forward, plus a KU interloper. Oh, yes, a very scary thought. But first, got to tell you guys once again about Breaking Tea. If you are looking for a last-minute, fun sports gift for the holidays, go to BreakingTea.com slash LockedOn. Breaking Tea makes sports T-shirts based on your team's great moments and funny memes. Go to breakingtea.com slash locked on and search the whole site for great shirts and fun gifts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
Well, there's certainly a massive amount of TV money involved in the college football playoff. And speaking of which, it appears that CBS, according to all sources, is walking away from the SEC, its relationship, its longtime relationship with SEC football, after its contract ends following the 2023 football season. And the assumption is that that package, those 15 games a season, are going to move to ESPN slash ABC. And you know what? What's really interesting about that is just the sheer numbers involved. And, well, if you're a Missouri fan or a team of any team in the SEC, this should make you cheer for sure because, well, CBS made what it felt like was a rather aggressive bid to secure the rights some more upwards of $300 million a season, which was an, a huge increase from the $55 million annually that it currently pays. So nearly six times. Incredible, right? So I guess maybe the live sports bubble that people are talking about, apparently it's not ready to pop in the South for football just yet. CBS saying, you know what the heck with this? Going to focus on the NFL all that good stuff. And, you know, whether that ends up being a good move or not, well, only time will tell. But certainly it's a good move for the SEC. Basically, bottom line is $20 million per school, possibly more, whenever this, whenever the ink dries on this new deal. So, yeah, more money. Mo, mo, money. So that just shows you why perhaps, you know, when Missouri signed Eli Drinkwitz, $4 million a year, Perhaps the coffers, especially in the future, not quite as dry maybe as we perhaps thought. And while it does appear that Fox is going to make a bid as well, it really does just, the assumption is now that that package is going to go to ESPN or ABC, but I do think it's interesting to note, just as somebody who, I trade stocks, that's one of my other, one of the other hats that I wear, I enjoy investing talking about it, doing it, all that good stuff. Well, one thing I've been sort of waiting for for years now is for these digital, these new digital media players to enter the sports market. And it just never has happened. And I'm talking about Netflix, Apple, Amazon, to a lesser extent. You know, those are, those are basically the big three, right? You know, there are some other players out there to a lesser extent. I guess you could say Google. There you go. Google, YouTube. But none of these players, despite their massive amounts of money, I mean, we were just talking, okay, $300 million a season. That's, a, that's an enormous amount of money, except unless you're Apple, right? Apple can write a check for that tomorrow and not even notice a blip in its stock, in its cash flow, Right. But, you know, I was listening, speaking of stocks, I was listening to Jim Cramer the other day, and he made a really interesting and obvious point when you sit there and think about it, is, well, here's the deal. Yeah, sure, while Netflix, while Amazon, while Google, et cetera, while Apple, they can afford money-wise to just write a check and buy that, buy that property, there's a big risk there on their side, and especially on the side of these leagues and the NCAA, the SEC, that sort of thing. And that's that Netflix has never produced live sports before. And that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. You know, you notice 
ESPN is getting a lot of crap for its production of Monday Night Football lately. And it's not just the announcers. It's more than that. You know, CBS, Fox, their production values, the way they shoot live football is really absolutely incredible. And they have the best people in the world at this. They've been doing it for years. The photographers, the directors, the sound people, everything. They've got them all. They've got the best of them. And they've been, again, they've been doing it for so long. So if you're the NFL, do you really want to take a chance on Amazon? You really want to take a chance on Apple? Because while, yeah, those companies will probably eventually figure it out, there's surely going to be a transition there. So I don't know. I just thought it was interesting to note that a trend that I had maybe been waiting to happen, I think there's a really good reason why it hasn't happened. One that I hadn't totally thought through and Well, there it is, courtesy of Mr. Jim Cramer. And coming up, I'm going to tell you about that potential KU interloper. And you know what? I can't help myself. I got to weigh in on this silly hand signal controversy from the Army-Navy game as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So the news is Missouri has hired Zach Woodfin as its new strength and conditioning coach. Well, back in 2014, football scoop, for whatever that's worth, named Woodfin its strength coach of the year back at UAB. And, well, he spent some good time at UAB. In fact, he did so as a player, too. Woodfin finished his his college career as UAB's all-time leading tackler. Had a cup of coffee with the Green Bay Packers and the Baltimore Ravens before eventually settling in the World Football League. But you know what? All of those impressive resume notes, the only one people are focusing on is the fact that he was the former Kansas strength and conditioning coach. Well, you know what, guys? Good enough for Les Miles, good enough for me. Because you know what? Notice I did not say that he was Kansas's all-time leading tackler. Yes, it'd be one thing if this guy went to KU and bleeds red. and Well, I guess we all bleed red. If he bleeds blue and red, well, yeah, that would, that would concern me maybe a tiny bit. Again, a tiny bit. But the guy spent two years in Lawrence. Big deal. I bet if you asked him who William Quantrill is, he wouldn't even have an answer for you. Let's all settle down, everybody. And speaking of silly things we should all settle down with, did people really think that the cadets at Army and Navy were throwing down racist, white supremacist hand signals? Come on. Really? So apparently, if you missed this, apparently there was a kid in the background, maybe on college game day, maybe this was spotted, spotted at least once, somebody had a what might be described as an okay sign down by his thigh. Well, if you're a former degenerate as I am who was 
not doing his schoolwork, doing anything but paying attention to class. Well, you know the circle game, perhaps. Well, if you don't, let me explain it to you. You put your fingers, your thumb and your index finger, into a circle. And if you can trick your friend into looking at that circle, you get to punch them in the arm. Yes, that is, it's, that's the game, and yes, it's that stupid. And yes, this is the kind of things that young men do. Even the brightest young men amongst us who end up at these service academies. Yes, in fact, I love that. I'm, it makes me very happy to know that these guys who can be very serious can also be very silly, too. But apparently, people in the sports media, people on Twitter who were alarmed at this possible white supremacist hand sign, <laughs> apparently they do not have this type of mirth and silliness in their hearts. In all seriousness, if the OK symbol, if that is really the new symbol of white supremacy, well, I've got some breaking news for you. Apparently, Al-Qaeda's new hand signal is the thumbs up. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of confusion out there in the world, but apparently the thumbs up, yep, that's the Al-Qaeda hand signal, everybody. That makes about as much sense, doesn't it? But speaking of hand signals, you know what? I've always thought that Missouri should have a hand signal. You know how Miami, you put your two fingers together, throw your hands up, and it makes a U? That's a cool hand signal. That's good branding. I like that stuff. Unfortunately, I don't have a great solution for you, so along with taking a screenshot of your Apple Podcast review and submitting it to me at Locked on Mizzou, that's your project. Come up with a hand signal for me. Come on. Do something for Missouri. We got to do it because clearly our marketing department isn't going to figure it out. But the best I can come up with, you know, the, the Snoop Dogg West Side thing, you turn that upside down, it's an M, but eh, I don't like it. That's the best I've got, but I still don't like it. It's too close to, I don't like turning the hand upside down. It just looks weird. I'd rather be able to raise it in the air triumphantly. Too close to the horns down thing. But you know what? With that very important thought out of the way, I just got to thank you guys so much for listening, subscribing, and sharing this show. I sure am happy that you're listening, and I'm sure I'm happy to be doing it. And I will continue to do it so much more into this new year. And thank you guys once again for listening. So... As I continue to ramble, let's cut myself off, shall we? So until next time, I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.